Welcome to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast, where we help gymnastics coaches and parents develop happy, healthy athletes who know how to win. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's Coach Amy, and we have a special guest today, Tabitha Yim, who is the head coach at Stanford University Women's Gymnastics Team, which is a special thing for me because that's my alma mater, and I'm super excited to have you on here. Um, I want to share with you a couple of things about Tabitha before we get started, though. She is uh, incredible in so many ways, and I have followed her when she was an assistant coach, and and I didn't follow her much as a gymnast, which is crazy. I knew of you as a gymnast, obviously, because you're a big name for gymnastics world. Um, but I didn't follow you too much. That's kind of where I was in the competitive days too. And then um, now as a head coach, I've been following you more. It's been so fun to see what you've been doing with the Stanford team. But St uh, Tabitha was a national team member, a world team member also in 2001. She won bronze at the world and she's a 14 time all-American and she was at Stanford and she was recently inducted into the Hall of Fame at Stanford, which is so fun. I'm super, super excited for that. Um, she totally deserves it. So you guys, we are going to have her tell us some stories about what she has gone through in her years of competitiveness and as a head coach and just some of the things that she's had to overcome. And I think one of the beautiful things about talking to athletes who have been there and done that they, they get you. They understand where you're at right now. With whatever level you're at, wherever you're at with your obstacles, we understand as a high-level athlete um, how things can get tough, how things can get uh, really fun, really exciting, and then really hard. And that's just the nature of any sport, of anything in life in general. But Tabitha, I want you to just maybe start with one of the things I told her I was curious about is her roller coaster of going from um, being a high competitive athlete to being an assistant coach at Stanford and then being a head coach, University of Arizona, and then head coaches. I just want to hear about some of these stories and see where we go from there. So Tabitha, go ahead. Let's hear it. Yeah. First off, just thank you for having me yeah. um, on your show yeah. and for giving me this opportunity. You know, we're really excited about being able to support alums of our program. Um, and obviously it's so much fun to be back at my alma mater, a place that I loved um, that I love and had such a great experience with. So thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, it's really interesting because I never thought I was going to be a coach. You know, in college, if anyone asked me, I would have never said, you know, my, my dream is to be a coach, to come back to Stanford to do this. Um, but in my junior year at Stanford, I was majoring in human biology. And part of the requirements were you had to do an internship. And so I did an internship with a program called Camp Kesem. And Camp Kesem is a program for children whose parents are suffering from or who passed away from cancer. Um, and it really resonated with me because when I was 13, my dad passed away from a heart aneurysm. So literally in one day, uh, he was super healthy, kind of like a health nut, someone who read all the labels, was always exercising, was really aware of his health. Um, so it came as a shock to us one day when he fell um, and was taken to the hospital and um, literally 12 hours later, he was no longer with us. Mm -hmm. And um, he was a minister and he also had a radio program. And I just remember at his funeral, there were so many people who came to the ceremony and not only family and friends and people from our church, but people who he had impacted through his radio service. And so I had people in tears coming who wanted to shake my hand, who I had never met personally that just said, I want you to know your dad 
made an impact in my life. He made a real difference and I'm really going to miss him. Um, and it's something that really stuck with me from that time as a teenager. Um, and I always knew that I wanted to do something that would allow me to carry on his legacy of having that type of impact of having that influence and always using my platform in a way to inspire um, and have a positive impact on the people around me. So I always knew whatever I did, that that's something that was really important to me. Um, so thinking that I would be a doctor or something like that, and then having the opportunity to work with youth at that camp, it completely changed my trajectory and my path. I ended up um, focusing on adolescent development. And when I graduated, I flew to New York and I worked with some nonprofits and ultimately joined Teach for America. It's a program where you dedicate two years of service to an underprivileged uh, community teaching. So I taught ninth grade science um, at Animo Ralph Bunch. It's a green dot program and was absolutely loving that opportunity when my former head coach, Kristen Smith, called me and said, you know, we have an opening at Stanford. I'd love for you to come back. And my first response was, no, absolutely not. I'm loving what I'm doing. I love being a teacher. I never thought I would want to be a coach but she really planted a seed. Um, and after that initial conversation, it's just something that kept replaying in my mind. And so a few months later, I called her back and I said, were, were you really serious about me coming back? Because now I've been thinking about it a lot and it's just been on my mind, but I don't know if you're joking. Yeah. And she shared how she was very serious about it. Um, and I went through the process and ultimately decided to come back to Stanford as an assistant coach. Still being very unsure if that's what I wanted to continue doing, things just kind of took off from there. I was given an opportunity uh, by Greg Byrne at University of Arizona, and Kristen was huge in just supporting me and taking that opportunity as a head coach. Um, and it's it's been a really great experience. I'll say that I enjoy being a head coach. It's given me an opportunity to really think about what's important to me as a coach, what's my why. What am I trying to achieve? How can I influence the people who are on my teams as well as the staff members that I work alongside of? Um, and so it's just been, it's been quite a journey, quite an adventure and kind of funny actually how things have played out. Things have worked out because it's never something that I really planned for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I think is okay there's so many things going through my head that was all new information because I actually did assume that you were actually headed towards medical school for some reason in my head I'm not quite sure but is that what your plan was originally when you went to Stanford? I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do you know I had uh, an interest in potentially entering the medical field mm -hmm. or um you know, I just really wanted to keep my options open. I think that's why human biology was such a great major for me because it kind of has that techie, which we consider the science side and then the fuzzy side, which is the more psych yeah. And so being in that environment where you get a real 360 view of different issues, mm -hmm. um, it helped me distinguish what I was really passionate about and what path I wanted to go on. And it turned out I wasn't as interested as pursuing that medical field. A lot of my teammates did, and they're doing amazing things as surgeons and doctors. Um, yeah. But I realized in my junior and senior year that I was much more interested in the nonprofit side in actually having that personal um, connection and that interaction with youth. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think it's beautiful the way that we think we kind of have an idea of what we want our life to look like. And you went through quite a through a few different things before you got to where you're at right now and who knows what 
you know, in the future, what it's going to look like. One thing I do love, I'm just putting a little plug in for Stanford because like I said, I love it there, um, is that I love the liberal education. I love that they give you a lot of service opportunities. The intern that you talked about, there were some opportunities uh, that I had there that were really neat to work with you too. And it does allow you because of the education there to see a broad picture of different things, which I think is beautiful with the human biology major that you had, that you had that intern with the youth and it changed your trajectory of what you were gonna end up doing. And you ended up teaching for America and then ended up back at Stanford, who knew, right? Yeah, definitely. But through all of those things, I'm sure there were moments of, I'm just curious, of doubt and a little bit of confusion and a little bit of overwhelm maybe at times of what is the best path. Like you said, if you're living your life as a kind of a tribute to your dad's legacy, um, I think that it's a beautiful thing to see how many lives you've already touched and what else there is in store for you that you may not even be aware of. But along the way, in the last few years, since you chose to go back to Stanford and since you've kind of gone through this route of being a, a head coach, have you had some moments of, was this the right choice? Because that's what I hear with athletes. Is this the best path for me? I'm not sure what the best path is. I don't know what to do next. Those kind of moments. What, tell me what happens when you have those. Yeah, so I might actually take it back to when I was an athlete. I love it. Um, I actually deferred from college a year to pursue the Olympics. Mm -hmm. um, and I dedicated that entire year to training, to rehab, to all these different things. And I had suffered a number of different injuries in the 2003 season. I didn't even compete. And then in the beginning of the 2004 season as well. Um, but things started shaping up for me. I did well enough at the national championships to qualify for the Olympic trials. I did really well at the Olympic trials. Um, I placed fourth and made it onto the selection mm. uh, camp that was kind of scheduled. Um, and literally the day after the Olympic trials, I was training and I completely ruptured my Achilles. Oh yeah. So I was tumbling and, uh, punching for a triple full and I just felt it go. Mm. Uh, and that was kind of the end of my elite career. Uh, and all that hard work that I had put in. Um, and I think it always makes you wonder, should I have deferred a year? Should I have gone after that? You know, things didn't really end up how I was hoping for them to. Yeah. But um, going into that year also, I think I've always been a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, and I will say that that had a huge impact on my life and on my perspective mm -hmm. because Leading up to that moment, I knew without a doubt that I had done every single thing in my power to make that dream a reality. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was my body that just gave out on me. It wasn't anything that I can, could, could control. Mm -hmm. uh, and so from that experience, I learned that you just you can't control life, right? You know, I, mm -hmm. I never thought my dad would pass away. I never thought that I'd tear my Achilles. I had a number of other um, kind of family situations that have happened throughout my life where you just realize you're not in control of these things. And all you can really do is control your own actions, your own behaviors, who you're becoming as a person. And if you do those things, no matter what happens, I think you can find that joy and that fulfillment in what you've been able to do. Mm -hmm. And so even with that injury, even not being able to pursue that Olympic dream, I've found that it's given me an even stronger platform when I'm working with youth, when I'm working with my teams. I think sometimes I felt like when you see an Olympic champion get up, on a platform and say, you know, if you work hard, all your dreams can become a reality. The, it's going to end how you want it to. You're going to have that happy ending. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned uh, with my time at Camp Kesson, that's actually something that they taught us not to say, because the reality was, it might not end how you want it to. Mm-hmm. Things might not feel like they're okay, but you're going to be strong enough to survive. And no matter what happens to you, you can make new dreams, create a new path, pursue those things just as passionately and be even more content with your life um, than what you had imagined, even if it doesn't go how you plan. And I think that's been really true in my life. Like there's literally nothing that I have planned and every single thing that I've set out to do, I haven't accomplished. And yet I still feel so fulfilled. I still feel extremely passionate about what I'm pursuing and excited and enthusiastic about what's in store. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Oddly, I feel really grateful for all the experience that I've had, especially the, the setbacks and the challenges, because I think it's been a huge part of my development um, and my philosophy and my perspective in my life and just making me strong and also helping me relate to people um, who maybe are going through something tough, mm-hmm. who maybe things have wor- haven't worked out the way that they want them to, um, and just being able to encourage them and say, hey, I get you. I've been there. That's basically been my entire life. That's been my story. And because of that, I can sit here and tell you, you have control, you have the power to shape this experience however you want, and who knows what's in store for you. And it might be something completely different, but it might be even more beautiful and wonderful than what you could have planned for yourself. So um, I think along that theme, you know, um, yeah, I had no idea if I should take the opportunity at Arizona. Um, and I know that just surrounding myself with people who really cared about me as a person was really important. And, you know, my family, I've always been really lucky to have that support from my mom, my brother, my godparents, my church family. Um, and then also with Kristen, Kristen Smith has been such my biggest champion, honestly. Yeah, she's um, amazing. She's absolutely amazing. And somebody who's been such a great resource for me, who's always challenged me and pushed me to take on opportunities that maybe I didn't know. Um, I was capable of. And I remember I told her before Arizona, you know, I don't know if I want to be a head coach because I really do want to um, make an impact, Mm -hmm. get into nonprofits or maybe do something else. And she said, you know, Tab, when opportunities become available, they may be different than you imagined, but they still offer you that same opportunity to make an impact, to have an influence wherever you're at. So Mm -hmm. why turn down such an amazing opportunity? You have no idea where it's going to lead. Uh, And I think that was really solid advice. And it gave me the courage to really put myself out there and be vulnerable and say, you know, I'm not sure if this is what I want to do. I'm not sure if I'm 100% ready, but let's go for it and let's see where this leads. I think that is a great kind of title to a book. I'm not sure where this leads, but let's go for it. Like we don't know what's going to happen because you never do. And just like Kristen Smith said, which I just think she's an amazing woman too. Um, is that, you know, you, you never know, you never know what this is going to open the doors to. I think one of the things like you're saying that we all have an innate desire is to contribute. We want to be able to help other people. We've been like you, I feel very blessed in my life. Life, I feel like there's been so many opportunities and I feel like I kind of know what I want next, but who knows, right? Who knows what's going to happen next. But the idea that the gratitude, the feeling of there's just been so much goodness, so much um, hope, so much great opportunities that come from the struggles that I'm not sure what the next step is, but why not just try the next step anyways? Why not just try whatever's the beautiful thing I think from what you're saying is you don't know what's going to happen, but you've never been disappointed. 
Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think too, sometimes, especially when I was in college being at Stanford, yeah. I always felt like in order to make an impact, you had to be doing something big, right? right? You hear of all these people starting these companies and these startups and being extremely successful in the sense of um, how much money they're making or, you know, their title. Um, and immediately after college, I actually moved to Boston and I had a teaching position and I actually worked at Starbucks part time <laughs> because I needed health benefits. Uh, and I always told myself, okay, teaching is where I'm going to make that impact. Starbucks is where I'm going to get my benefits right. and the means to an end. And what I realized very quickly is even at Starbucks, they have a really great culture. Um, and you know, every single time somebody comes in, you say, how are you doing? How's your day? How can I help you? Mm -hmm. um, and actually with those personal interactions, there were a few older gentlemen, they were like grandpas who'd come into my Starbucks every single day. Yeah. And we actually created this really strong connection. And I remember one day a lady came in and she was having what seemed to be a really bad day. You could tell she was pretty frazzled. Um, and I happened to be cutting up some samples and I just gave her a bunch of samples and I said, you know, I hope that you have a really good day. And she looked at me and she said, why are you being so nice to me? Mm -hmm. And I said, because why not? You know, I think uh, that's what my role is, is to try to make your day a little bit better when you walk into Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And I hope that I can do that. And I hope these, you know, little samples make an impact. And she almost started crying oh, just wow. from that small interaction. Wow. And I realized that it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can have an impact. You can have an influence. Um, and so that really helped me that experience. It was very humbling, um, to be working there, but it also showed me that, Hey, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what your title is. Mm -hmm. Just, just be your best self and mm -hmm. you will make an impact wherever you are. And I think for me, that was really powerful. And it gave me courage of, I don't only have to pursue things that maybe society is telling me is what I should be doing or is the right thing or is it the successful thing for me like I said it's the things that I can control like what type of person am I what type of influence am I making on people on a daily basis and even just those strangers that you see walking on the side of the street when you say hi uh, any interaction that you have you have that opportunity to make a difference and you don't know how significant that's going to be for that person it can be huge um, and for you it was such a small gesture um, so I'm really grateful for some of those opportunities too, that help teach me, you know, just be your best self wherever you are mm -hmm. and you may make a bigger impact than you ever realized. I think that one of the things I love about that is I think in gymnastics, we learn how the fine tuning is the most important where you learn the big things like the handstands and the big skills, but it's when you get to the point where you can feel the tiny, tiny, tiny little muscles doing just a little bit longer legs, a little bit bigger stretch. You can feel that. It's like what you're saying when you can be in Starbucks and notice the one person who may feel insignificant and you reach out for that one person, it's like fine tuning your life where you just feel like this is the important thing and this is where I can make a difference. And that's, we learn it to me in the gym too, in sports where you know that the little things matter. Well, the same thing in life. It doesn't matter so much that for me, it doesn't matter that I was on the national team or you were on the national, those things don't matter. What matters is who have I become because of it and how can I influence somebody else if that is the accolade that they want to hear for me to be able to help them, great. If they never need to know anything about my background and they just need some help, great. It doesn't really matter. It's just about, I love what you said, what type of person am I and what type of person can I make in this moment 
with the people around me because it is about contributing and helping. And especially when we've been given so much and been able to accomplish so much, it's amazing when you can help somebody else accomplish great things so they can feel that gratitude. Mm -hmm. I think it really does come down to gratitude. So I've, I've loved it. I loved all of this and I really appreciate it. I have one more question for you. When did you start gymnastics, Tabitha? Uh, I started when I was three. So right. my mom actually wanted me to get into ballet, but they said I was too young and my brother was at a local gym. So she threw me into the sport with him and I was pretty bad when I first started. Actually, um, my dad apparently was pretty embarrassed to watch me because I was the worst one in my class. Um, but slowly I got the hang of it and then uh, just kind of took off from there. Well, with your dad being a minister, I'm sure he's pretty forgiving of your, of your lack of like, I guess, skill level, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. He was definitely uh, one of my biggest supporters oh. throughout my career. So That's so, okay, wait. So I do have one more question actually for the coaches. You have, like I was telling you earlier, you have had a lot of different teams, a lot of dynamics to, to manage between youth groups and teaching and teams on, uh, on an athletic level. Do you have any um, stories or anything that you can think that stand out as far as the way a coach can handle a situation when there's some hard, difficult teammates, difficult situations in a team? What have you learned as a coach from that perspective? I'm just curious. You've learned a lot as an athlete. One, I've made so many mistakes. Um, and I think that's just an important part of our development. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think back on my time as a head coach at Arizona, and there's a lot of things that I would do differently. But I think, um, again, all those mistakes have kind of helped me refine my philosophy and my practices mm -hmm. to be better. Um, and so the first thing that I would say is it's really important for us to continue to evolve with the times because the types of athletes that we're working with are continually evolving. And so we have to stay fresh with our practices in order to have that connection and then also to continue having that impact. And so that's something that I try to think about all the time is how can I continue to evolve? How can I continue to grow? How can I continue to invest in my own personal development so that I can be at my best for my athletes and my team and my staff? So I think that's something that has been really important for me and then two, I think, especially with this generation, what I've found is they're really craving that connection. Um, and I think with everything being virtual, everything being social, sometimes things can come off as being um, fake, maybe, or yeah. not as authentic. And so I think they're really craving that authentic connection. Um, and that as a mentor, as a coach, as a teacher, it's really important that they know that you care about them not only as athletes, not only as students, but more importantly, as people. And so I think in the last few years, that's something that I've really tried to invest in is creating time, creating space, even if it's just 15 minutes to really have those moments where you're checking in, um, not checking in about your sport, but checking in on how are you doing? How are you doing really? Mm -hmm. um, what's going on? Um, outside of the gym, how are your relationships, how can I support you, and just really showing that interest in how they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is really important in building the type of trust that you need to be your best advocate, and to be the best champion for that particular athlete, because, you know, um, it's important to have a plan, but I think it's also important to be flexible in modifying that for the person that you're working with, because everyone might need something different, um, different words and different things and different messages may be, may be perceived a different way. And so the more connection that you have, the more trust that you have, mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, the more forgiving athletes will be when you do make an error um, because they'll know that you're doing it for the right reasons and maybe just use the wrong phrasing or maybe the wrong practice at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but being humble and being able to say like, hey, that obviously didn't work that time. Let's try something different because we want the same thing. I think it's really important to have that transparency, that dialogue, and to really invest in creating that type of rapport and that trust with each and every one of your athletes. I think that's so beautiful. Between the idea of contributing back and the idea of connecting with your athletes and then the opportunity for being creative in in trying new things, those are three of the things that I I think are really important that you're talking about is, is be willing to contribute to everybody around you, connect with your athletes, and then don't be afraid to try something new. I think that's one thing for coaches is they want to believe that what they've done will keep working. And like you're saying, personal transformation, personal development is really important to you so that you can keep changing with the times, keep changing with your generation, keep being creative and open to new ideas. Like when you said that didn't work, let's try something new. We all want this to happen that maybe the openness that you have with the connection with them makes it easier for you guys to think outside the box of what, what could we do next? So I think that's beautiful. Tabitha, thank you. Thanks for helping everybody, the, the athletes, the coaches, all of us to be able to think of things in, in ways um, it, that, that sometimes we don't think about. It's hard to be grateful when things are hard. It's hard to be excited when you don't know, you know, whatever things happen and you don't know what's going to happen next. When you're in high school mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do next, if you even have the opportunity to make a team, especially a beautiful team like Stanford, I feel very, I will always, it gets, like, it gets me to tears. I will always feel grateful. Wow. <laughs> to, wow, I didn't mean to do that. To have been on Stanford's team. It was such a beautiful experience and opportunity. And so I think it's, they're so lucky to be able to have such a leader like you. So I'm glad that you're there. When you talk about making a difference, it makes a difference when you're able to be at a place that, like Stanford and be a leader for girls who are going to go out and do amazing things. They have, they have drive and everybody wants to do um, something that matters, right? So, but Stanford has a very special place in my heart, as you can tell. Yeah. So anyways, wow. Tabitha, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that you would say? There's, you've left so much for us. So, so I don't know. I mean, if you have another thing that you can just say, hey, anything else you'd like to leave for the listeners, for the athletes or the coaches that might help them uh, to be able to make it through when things are hard? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, especially right now with, um, you know, we're facing a global pandemic and there's so, many, so much uncertainty with what the new normal is going to be. And I think that can be really scary. Um, and so I've been talking to a lot of different people and feel lucky, like I said, to be talking to people like you who are out there making an impact and continuing to challenge people to grow and develop their practices. And I think the quarantine has given me the opportunity personally um, to really think about my why as a coach. Um, and it's something that we've brought back to our team of really challenging them of what is your why? You know, what's motivating you to do the sport, to be a student athlete, to pursue Stanford? Um, and I think that's so important. And when I was at Stanford, you know, Kristen, she had these five values, passion, commitment, balance, belief, family. Um, and it's something that I wholeheartedly believe in and that we still honor those values at Stanford today as a program. And so really diving into the first piece of passion um, and figuring out for yourself as a coach and challenging your teammates and uh, your students or your athletes, what's your why too? 
because I think that's so important never to forget and to never lose sight of. Mm -hmm. um, and as we're making these difficult decisions and as we're trying to move forward in a time that's so uncertain, using that as a springboard to really always touch back and remember, this is why. And I think if you can always do that, then you're always gonna be um, making those decisions that are in line with your value, that's in line with the, your purpose, mm -hmm. and that's in line with who you're trying to become as a person, as a leader, as a coach. Uh, whatever it is you're doing. So I'd say, you know, use this time. We have a lot of time at our fingertips. <laughs> um, so why not really dive into that personal reflection on what's your why, what's driving you, um, and helping that be very clear for you as you continue to move forward in these uncertain times. Tabitha, thank you so much. I sure appreciate your time and your words and your advice and your inspiration and everything that you're contributing to everybody around you. And I know my listeners are going to just love listening to you. So thank you for this. Thank you. Stay safe. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We believe that you've got this, but we would love to help you in your athletic journey. We know you need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created a program with short, effective lessons and coaching that you can fit between practice and the rest of life. We coach parents, coaches, and athletes in the mental and emotional health tools they need to create an environment for athletes to thrive. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your success, your mind. Check us out at athletesmindsetacademy.com. Let's do this.